And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me. Doesn't that sound just like a preacher? You should have listened to what I said. You know, we, we did away, or I did away, I told uh, one of the preachers, I said, it's not right to tell people I told you so. I said, so from now on, it's I warned you so. All right. Anyway, here we go, verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told unto me. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. I'd like to work for a little while tonight on I believe God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The setting is that the apostle found himself Put in a situation that he would rather not have been in. And as it is written, he did warn them that the sh he was shown and he felt very foreboding, ominous feelings that there was trouble on the horizon and that they should not get in this ship and they should not take forth on this journey. And uh, in spite of the preacher's warnings, the apostles' warnings, they uh, listened to the master or the owner of the ship and even the captain, and they went ahead and prepared and pulled out of port. And I'm quite sure, as is common, that the sky was looking blue and the winds were calm and the, the tranquility of the waters, everything was looking good. And you know, the enemy... He really knows how to, to set you up. He knows how to set you up. Talk about a sucker punch. He knows how to set people up. And he had everything looking calm and cool, and, and the ship took off. And I'm quite sure he was speaking loudly into many ears and minds and saying, see, everything's okay. Everything's all right. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And they were having a big time in those days. Everything looked calm. Everything looked cool. Things carried on as one writer, or as though the writer conveyed to us that there were those that mocked, made fun, and had what's that Bible? Uh, they derided the word in the Bible, they derided or derision. 
towards the, the church and the work of God. They, they uh, made fun and made light. And uh, they were just saying all things are just like they always were. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. See, all that stuff that the preacher was saying, you know, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And they, they made light and they made fun. They mocked. And boys and his family going to, his sons going to church and, and working on the program of God and being involved with that. And there was a lot of talk and a lot of mocking that went on. But uh, suddenly it seemed like the skies were getting darker. And there was some buildup of clouds. And you know, there are some cumulus clouds that can get upwards of 30 to 50,000 feet straight up vertical. Big high clouds that airplanes have trouble getting around them. And that's why they're, you know what really costs a lot of money in an airplane is the electronics and the radar, in other words, and things of that nature that warn them uh, about the weather in front of them. And uh, they try to pick their way around those terrible high clouds with all those storms and all those downdrafts and upward drafts. I used to fly, and I, uh, you had to do certain things for your uh, certificate, whether you private license or as you moved on to commercial and instrument ratings. And uh, I remember some things you had to do with an instructor and some things you had to do by yourself. I remember flying with my instructor. We had to leave Miami. Opelaka Airport, and we had to go up to Vero Beach, and then we cut across from Vero over, I believe, to maybe Sarasota or Fort Myers somewhere, and then we went back to Miami. And we got in trouble with a storm. They had assigned us to a certain altitude. I believe it was something like 3,000 feet. We were in a plane that did not have oxygen, so you can only go so high and that would be about 10,000 feet. After that, you, you have no oxygen and you suffer euphoria and uh, something that all the potheads are seeking after, right? And, uh, and so we, we were at 3,000 feet and suddenly we were at 4,000 feet. And then we were at 5,000 feet. And uh, these upward drafts had gotten a hold of our plane and, and we couldn't do anything about it. I'm, pushing down and my instructor told me he said don't do that and I said well uh, we're going up here and he said yeah I know he said but if you keep doing that he said it's going to be like coming off the end of a table when we get past this upward draft and it's going you're going to go right off like going off a table he said just hold it steady we ride it out and so we did and we got pretty high before that let go of us and I'm saying to you that there was terrible weather there was lightning and there was thunder and there was darkness and and there was uh, a feeling of dread not knowing what was going to take place and that's how it was that day for Noah and that well not for Noah so much but as for the people of the land because they had mocked and they had made fun and now it's come upon them you'll read in the book of Revelation where Jesus spoke about the hour of temptation that shall come upon all the world but God looked at his church and he said, I'm going to keep you during that time. I will keep thee from that hour of, of temptation, that time of trying and testing. 
I'm going to keep you. And so the, uh, the clouds got so thick and the storm got so bad, it got so saturated to the point it began to rain. Now, you know, the earth hadn't been watered by rain up until that time. Up until that time, there was a mist, the Bible said. God had his own irrigation system. And uh, the, the, the earth was watered with a mist that came from the ground. And they had never seen rain. But God told them through the preacher of righteousness that it was going to rain. God told them that there was going to be a flood. God told them these things were going to take place through the preacher. But they ignored it. They went about marrying and giving in marriage and partying and doing their thing and just ignoring everything and just let, as they said later, you know, all things continue like they are. We're still doing our thing. Nothing's changed. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. And then came that big clap of thunder. It came that, that big surface to air uh, lightning that began to get people's attention. You ever read in your Bible that Jesus said in these end times in which we live that the powers of the heavens are going to be shaken? There's some things that are going to take place, my friend, that God's going to get the attention of this world. You better hear me. There are some things. We've had earthquakes, and we've had tsunamis, and we've had cyclones, and, all, and tidal waves. Lots of things have taken place. You know, we're very global now, and so there's a lot of news that gets uh, over here that's something taking place over yonder. Can you imagine what it was like to be in Thailand? when a wall of water came that was somewhere around 100 feet high. Just imagine looking up 100 feet at a solid wall of water, making you feel like an ant, and it's about to collapse on you, and it did on those people. And people lost their lives. Well, that's how it was in the days of Noah. For the Bible said that they just ignored it, and they mocked it, and they made fun until it came and swept them away unawares. It caught them in a moment when they weren't ready for it, mentally. They weren't prepared for it. They were too occupied doing what they'd always done, too caught up in life, too caught up in the things that they were listening to everybody and, and all the unbelief that was being spewed out and said, instead of listening to the preacher, instead of, remember, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And they weren't listening to the Word of God that the preacher was giving to them. They were just juking and jiving and doing their thing. They were clubbing and everything that was going on. And they suddenly found themselves swept away by a horrible flood that the Bible said it went three feet above the highest mountain. You know, the highest mountain is somewhere around five to six miles above sea level. That's uh, close to 30,000 feet. And the flood went three feet higher than that. So if you take an even number of 30,000 feet, then you got 30,000 three feet. And they couldn't, they couldn't get up there, friend, and they tried to get to the top of the mountain. They tried to get in the ark. Man, oh, everybody's going to want to get in the church at the last. I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't going to be none of this laying in the deathbed and going to pray some little sinner's prayer. You're absolutely deceived. I'm telling you, you better hear the preaching now. You better hear the word now. You better act accordingly now. Quit laying back. Quit drifting. Quit relaxing. And as one writer said in one translation, a careless ease. You don't want to be doing that. 
You want to awaken to righteousness. Wake up to it. It's pounding on your door. The preacher, the word is trying, the church is trying to awaken you and get you to sit up and take notice and to look at what's wars and rumors of wars, all kinds of earthquakes all over the place, thousands and even multiplied thousands swallowed up in earthquakes, horrible things that take place, and don't you dare blame God. The God you better blame is that small G, that lowercase g, God of this world. And he is Satan, my friend. He is that old serpent, the devil. He's the one that brings the pain. He's the one that brings the misery. And he does it just like your brother or sister does. He just blames God. Just like you blame your brother. You blame your sister. Well, me, he did it. She did it. I didn't do it. Well, that's what the devil does. He absolutely blames God when all the while he's the one that's bringing literal hell and havoc on this world. Awaken, I say, to righteousness. Sit up and take notice to the Word of God. Pay attention. Give them our earnest heed. Powerful listening to the things which are being spoken and said. So Paul is in a position he's not too happy about. And he, now the thunder, the lightning, and the clouds, and and the storms are so great, the storm is so great that the, the waves, the waves are just absolutely high and rocking that ship. And the uh, sails are billowed out. And it was something else, friend. And it got so bad that he said, uh, when neither sun nor stars, you know, they didn't have radar in those days. They had an instrument that they reckoned by the stars and, and helped them to know longitude and latitude and where they were at and other uh, landmarks that they had when they could see land and uh but now they've got they've got no sun they've got no stars they hadn't seen it in many days it's it's a it's a bleak time it's a tough time and men on that boat big burly tough seamen they were scared they were concerned they were worried that ship was creaking and man i mean it was like a like an octogenarian, you know, you could hear everything just creaking, every bone, every, every plank in that, in that ship. And they were long abstinence, the book said, Paul. And he had, what, what happened was Paul found him a prayer room. Thank God for people that know that when the going, you know what the ladies say, when the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. Well, for the preacher, when the going gets tough, the preacher goes and prays. And I hope you'll join him in that. All the men said, man up. I got home from, uh, for, I told somebody today, I said, Sunday morning, started with the radio. Then taught Sunday school here. Went to the rock in the afternoon. Came back here in the evening. Monday night, we had prayer. Tuesday night, I went to Fort Myers. And came back from Fort Myers and got a good shower and got in the bed and conked out. Woke up at 4.30 in the morning and uh, looked at my phone. I said, it's 4.30. I've got another hour. So I, I got up and I said, okay, I'm just going to take a shower and get ready. So I took a shower. I said, man, one more hour. Come on. So I laid down. Uh-uh. Holy Ghost just pounding away, pounding away, pounding away. I said, okay, I, I hear you. <laughs> I just got up and got dressed, came to church. Came to man up a little early this morning, talking to God. When it gets rough, friend, you want to pray. 
You want to, I can tell you right, if things, if things are going good and you feel like praying, you better pray. <laughs> you better pray when you feel like it. You better pray when the inspiration is upon you. You better pray when he's calling your name. You better pray when he's putting chapter and verse in your heart. You better tell yourself, I, I need to pray because God's make opening a channel. God's giving me an unction right now. And he's, this is going to be a whole lot easier if I go ahead and work with this. Uh, heavens aren't going to be brass and iron over me right now. I got an open door. I better exercise this right now. But friend, I'm going to tell you what. When the going gets tough and when you can't see your way out of some things, then you sure enough know that you need to pray. You need to talk to God. There's not going to be any other way to handle the situation. You're not going to think your way out of it. You're not going to plot and plan your way out of it. And in spite of, I believe the Bible, and it said money answereth all things, but that's really for the carnal-minded. I'm going to tell you what, money can't buy you what you need from God. Not going to do it. Money is not going to give you salvation. Money is not going to heal your body when it's sick and the doctor shakes his head and can't do a thing for you when your cancer is stage four and the absolutely oncologist doesn't have the answer for you. I know a God that's got the answer. Amen. Amen. So You just go ahead and kick back in your relaxing seat and you just sit there and wait until the cancer hits. Or wait until something else in your body uh, begins to fail you. Or wait till you're, you begin to suffer memory disorder and it's heading into dementia and it's heading into uh, some form of Alzheimer's. You just sit around and keep sitting around. I'm going to tell you what, you'd be real smart to start praying now. You'd be real smart to put your prayers in that bottle. You'd be real smart. That's money in the bank, my friend. That's a currency that works. That's a, you better get your faith credit card out and get it. Check your credit with God and make sure that there's no limit to it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, we've had some building programs, and we're in one now. And I, I uh, we had a credit card, had a lot of church business on it buying things for the buildings and concrete or whatever. And uh, <laughs> the card got pretty high. And I would prayed about it, and the Lord blessed us, and the credit card goes up to $90,000. So we paid it off by the grace of God. And uh, don't get sweaty on me. It was a couple of years ago. And, uh, and uh, so they... Uh, Next thing I know, I got a notice in the mail. And they took our credit limit from around ninety or $100,000 and dropped it down to $12,000. So I called them and I said, what's the deal? <laughs> they didn't have a very satisfactory answer for me. And I said, you know, I said, so I see how it works. Pay your bill, get your credit dropped. Is that how that works? I'm so glad if you're paying your bill with God and you got, you got your faith credit building, friend, that, that, that credit limit's not dropping. That credit limit is increasing. Isn't that what the disciples said? Increase our faith. Teach us to pray. 
Increase our faith. You, you're doing your praying. You're talking to God. I'm going to tell you what. He's not coming along to undercut you. He's not sending you some mail and some news and telling you, well, sorry, we got to drop it down here. Oh, no, my friend. Oh, no, my friend. He's right there. When you pray that prayer of faith, he's going to take care of business. I'm going to tell you what. As far as I'm concerned, ain't nobody too big to set them straight. Ain't nobody too little to set them straight. So I told big old American Express, I, you know, I said, you know what the problem is? And the lady's on the other end of the line. And she said, what? I said, you the one with the problem. You the one with the problem. I said, you and your American Express, you the one with the problem. I said, because we run our business right. And I said, I'm telling you right now, I said, you're the one laying people off globally. You're the one that's having to cut back everywhere. I said, there's no problem with us, so you just go ahead and cut our credit. I said, but you'll see, we're going to be just fine. And I told uh, Bank of America the same thing. And you know, right after that, Bank of America went right down the tubes and had to reorganize and do all kinds of shenanigans to get themselves back in business. And their guy on the other end of the line, when I told him the same sermon, he said, he said, well, I, I, I don't know, I believe in my company. Yeah, well, I believe in my God. Amen. I believe in my God. Amen. Amen. But that's exactly what happens. That's why they cut your credit. I'm not on a financial spiel tonight, but I'm just telling you, that's why they cut your credit, because they've got problems, and they've got other institutions that are over them. And do you know that credit... Credit ratings are global. It's not just America. We have a tendency to just think America. It is international, friend. And when they begin, you better, you'd be surprised right now who's really holding the purse strings. Let me tell you something. This world is going to be shaken. I'm telling you, there's going to, the Bible's telling you, there's going to be a one-world financial system. You better hear me tell you, there's going to be a world banking system. And you better hear me tell you that the devil is going to bring this thing to the place where the Antichrist will be revealed and the church knows all about it the church is going to be ready for it but the rest of this world is going to be as it was in the days of Noah they're going to be caught unawares because they don't believe but the church believes God Paul said I believe God I believe God I believe God yes sir yeah Paul found him a prayer room yeah he he crawled he crawled into a little space somewhere and shut the door. And that ship just a rocking all over the place. Nobody knew where they were at. And uh, he got in that prayer room. And he told them. <laughs> he said, y'all should listen to me. And, and I'm sure he was a little bit, you know, like, now you drug me into it. You know, I don't like when you drag me into your problems. You know, I'm trying to extricate myself from some of those complications so you just need to hearken you need to listen we don't need to had somebody just recently gotten some credit card problem boy was i upset because i worked hard and long to get them out of that credit card problem and then they turned right about right turned right around and got back in it again here we go again rescue attempt number two come on church family you're getting quiet because i'm talking about your money and i think maybe your quietness is, is telling me something Maybe we need to have a class on how to manage your finances. You want to know how to manage your finances? Raise your hand. You want your finances to do good? Raise your hand. You want to see your bank account go up? Raise your hand. 
You want to have a savings account? Raise your hand. It's real simple. Give God your tithe. Best financial plan you'll ever hear. Amen. And amen. There's plenty more lessons go along with that, but that's the first one. That's, a, that's exactly what it is. That's the first one. I told somebody the other day, I told a preacher, I said, I said, first fruits is just what it said. I said, it's not middle fruits or last fruits. It's first fruits. And I said, before Uncle Sam gets taken care of, you take care of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. You better believe that. I mean, friend, when I came into church, I had holes in my jeans, and it wasn't the, stat, the fashion then either. <laughs> it was poverty. <laughs> it didn't have nothing to do with style. People crazy, they'd pay $200 for a pair of ripped jeans. I used to go the, to the Goodwill. We called it red, white, and blue, or they called it that down in Miami when I first came into church. We first came into church. And, and uh, we'd buy, you could buy jeans down there for a quarter, you know. And they had all kinds of rips in them. Yeah, the rips weren't extra. <laughs> now, if you want, you want a pair of jeans and they, and they look all real nice, well, that'll be, uh, you know, $24.95 on sale. Well, what about this pair over there? Oh, well, now that's $168. Why? Because it's got all them rips in there. And they call us crazy. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Well, I think I'll move along while you're laughing a little bit. And so Paul said, and now I exhort you. I'm preaching at you, he said. I exhort you to be of good cheer. I like that. You know what? You get God working in your life. You get behind the preacher. You get in the church and stay with the church. You can have good cheer and a good laugh right in the middle of the storm. I am telling you that God's truth. Do you know that 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago now, and we went to a place that we usually go to pray for people. <laughs> and uh, what well, seems this fell got sick. And uh, we, she went and had a test. And they said, yeah, you got a problem. And so we, she had a lady doctor and, and her husband was a surgeon. And so we, we go to the hospital and, and uh, they got her all prepped. Got her on that gurney, hooked her up to that IV. She's in that little prep room, and they told me to wait in the hallway. So I'm just, I'm just waiting in the hallway, waiting against the wall. And in my mind, I'm going, we don't belong here. We don't belong here at all. And uh, doctor came bustling out of her, her little prep room, and he said, uh, we're going to take one more x-ray. They'd already taken four or five. They were going to take one more x-ray. I'm just, okay. So he goes in there, and he Comes back out of the x-ray development place, and his white coat is flapping up behind him. He comes out of there, and he's got that thing up in the air, and he's looking at it, you know. And he goes, uh, he looks at me down, down the hallway, and I'm, I'm just leaning there. <laughs> and he says, it's gone. It's gone. And I started laughing. I started laughing. And when she said, Phil heard me laughing, she said, what am I doing in this place? She said, I'm getting out of here. So she gets up, she gets all unprepped, and uh, we left. And God had healed her of that cancer. That's been 12 years. There's been no more cancer. No more cancer. No more lumps. Amen. Only one with lumps is me, because she's always hitting me over the head. No 
what the lady said at the post office the other day. She said, I'm going to, not to me, but to somebody else that was there, she said, I'm going to hit you with the skillet. The skillet. Lord. Well, come on, church family. I'm talking to you about a God friend, that he's there, and you can be of good cheer in the midst of the storm. There I am laughing in a hospital, and they're talking about operating, friend. And I'm telling you, my God arranged it for me to have a nice laugh and my wife to have a good laugh. Oh, friend, because God is the healer. He can do what nobody else can do. Amen. And amen. And amen. Yeah, Lord. So the preacher said, be of good cheer. Well, you could take another storm where Jesus come walking up on the waves, and, uh, and he says to the disciples, and I know they was all different colors and looking blue and, and everything else, purple and red and everything, because, man, they were, they were feeling pretty seasick, and they were professional ex-professional fishermen. And, uh, but they was about to heave their Wheaties. And uh, I know that would probably be something else from McDonald's, sorry, but whatever. Whatever they serve down there. Egg McMuffin. There you go. And so uh, yeah, Jesus comes up walking on the water, and, and they, they start looking at him like they saw a ghost. And that's exactly what they thought. And Jesus said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Isn't that something? Right in the middle of the storm. You know, my God, he treads upon the waves of the sea. Like a treadmill. He's just treading. Isn't that nice? I like that. I like the way he keeps everything under his feet. You know God can put all your troubles under your feet. I'm trying to tell you, friend, in the midst of the whole thing, he's trying to tell you, I'm going to put a smile on your face. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a laughter that's going to give you a merry heart. Be of good cheer, Paul said. I've talked to God. Be of good cheer. I just came out of the prayer room. Man, you can drag yourself into a prayer room, pre-service prayer, and come into a service dragging a long day, as was said tonight, and all the different stresses and things that can come on your life and all the things you're trying to juggle. And I'm going to tell you what, you can go, you should go out of here a whole lot different than you come in. If you will plug into a service, you will put your heart into this thing. If you will absolutely listen to the voice of Almighty God, He's telling you to be of good cheer. He's got it all under control. Amen. Be of good cheer, he said, for there shall be no loss, no loss of any man's life among you. Oh, friend, I like that. He said, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am. I know who I belong to. How about you? And whom I serve. I know who I'm serving. How about you? Amen. I don't serve the devil anymore. That old lying devil. He tells people lies all the time. And you know, the biggest lies he tells are through religious groups. There are religious devils. You better hear me now. Just like there's alcohol devils, drug devils, suicide devils. There are religious devils. Don't you remember that woman that followed Paul and Silas around? Yeah, I said to thee, these are the servants of the Most High God. Show unto us the way of salvation. Paul got tired of that junk. He said, I don't want you identifying with us at all. Because what you is, we ain't. <laughs> we, we're not anything like you. 
And we're going to make it crystal clear. And he rebuked that spirit. And within the same hour, that devil came out of that woman. Amen. And all them folks who was making money off of her, they got upset. They got mad. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of people just making money. They commercialize religion. You, bet, you know about that guy I told you? He uh, send me a portion of your tithes. You better quit listening to people like that. Send me a portion of your tithes. And I will send you a blessed hopping frog. And wherever he doth hoppeth, he doth bless it. And people fall for that junk. People fall for that junk. You have to ask yourself, who's more ridiculous, the person that's saying it or the person that's believing it? <laughs> Why don't you just tune into the Word of God and start listening to something, as was said, that's profitable, something that's going to put you on the profitable side of the ledger, something that's going to heal your body, something that's going to save your soul. Something that's going to put you and lead you to the rock that's higher than you are. Going to, going to root you and ground you and settle you and get you rapture ready, first resurrection ready. Oh, yeah. Be of good cheer. He said, man, I, was, I stood by an angel, and an angel stood by me here. And this ain't no hocus-pocus wild okra and butter beans. This is the real thing. The angel of God. Amen. And look what he said. He said, the angel told me, fear not. I like that. I like that God is telling you not to be afraid. There's, there's nothing that God can't do. All things are possible with him. Amen. And he said, he said, uh, you're, you're on a mission here. That's what he's telling him. You're on a mission, Paul. And God is in it. God's going to take care of everything. You know, you get in the church. The first thing you better ask is, how do I get in the church? Okay? There's nowhere in the Bible that it tells you what all these preachers tell you, to accept Christ as your personal Savior. That is not in the Bible. It is not there. But that's what they tell people all the time. And I get right on the radio, and I tell them, that's not in the Bible. You can't find it in the Bible. There's no chapter and verse that says that. There was never any instructions given to people on how to be saved that said accept Christ as your personal Savior. What it does say, why can't we just obey what it does say? As was quoted already, Acts 2.38, first day that Jesus built his church and Peter stood up and the Holy Ghost spoke through him and answered the question, what must I do? What shall we do? How do we get saved here? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Number one, repent. Number two, be baptized in Jesus' name. Number three, receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes, sir. You get into church, you're going to find out God's going to be behind you. Because God's got a church and God's got a program in it. He's got church houses. I'm glad for that. It's cooler in here than it is outside. But that's not the church. The church is the body of Christ. It's the body of believers. It's made up of a, a body of people who have by one spirit been baptized into one body. Hear me when I tell you. There was no going forth and preaching until you had repented and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you did that, then they were sent forth 
to preach to everybody everywhere that they were to repent and they were to be baptized in Jesus' name and they were to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's 2,000 years down the road. The church is still preaching the same message. Nothing has changed. The Lord our God has not changed. His word is forever settled in heaven. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. He that believeth on me as the scripture has said. Come on now. You stay with the word. Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Believe this word. Trust this word. Oh, stay with this word. Amen. He that believeth and is baptized. That's another thing the religious world will tell you. Don't need to be baptized. That ain't necessary. Well, then they're contradicting the word of God and Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But they're saying, he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved. Isn't that just like a devil? To slip in a knot. God said, you take of that, partake of that, you listen to that doctrine. He said, thou shalt surely die. And the devil said, thou shalt surely not die. Jesus said, be baptized. And the devil says through religious groups, not be baptized. Oh, friend, he hadn't changed his tactics, has he? Same old devil. Same old knot in the devil's tail. T-A-L-E. Well, he said, fear not. He said, God hath given thee all them that are with thee. You stay with the church, you're going to make it. Get in the church, and you're going to stay with it, you're going to make it. It's one thing to get saved. It's another thing to stay saved. That's why God gave us Romans to Revelation. That's why he spoke through holy men of old. And they gave letters, messages to the new congregations as it spread throughout the whole known world. Okay? To teach them, now that you've been baptized in Jesus' name, now that you've been filled with the gift of the Holy here's how you stay. Here's how you remain. Here's how you continue. Here's how you live the life. So you get saved and you want to stay saved and you want to witness to save others. Okay. So as we're concluding, then he said, wherefore, sirs, once again, he said, be of good cheer. Be happy. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Obey the book. Obey the word of God. Stay with what's right. Stay in the church. Rooted, grounded, and settled. Then you'll be among them that are of good cheer and are not filled with fear. And the writer said, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He said, For I believe God. Everybody said, I believe God. I believe God. Come on, I believe God. I believe God. Come on, I believe God. Give God a big hand. He said, I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe, God, and I believe just exactly what he's told us. Amen. And there's an hour of temptation coming upon the whole world, the whole earth. And God's going to keep his church from it. When, when, when the plagues hit Egypt, God had his people in a place of safety. And when it hits, friend, this world... God's going to have his church in a place of safety. I want you to believe that tonight. Believe God with me, shall you? I want you to do that. While we sing and worship, let's come around the front. All of our ladies over here and our men over here. Come in tight. Don't clog the center aisle. Make sure. Thank you. Come on now.
I believe God. You tell God, I believe you. I believe you, Jesus. I believe you, Lord. I'm not going to be talked out of the church. I'm not going to let the enemy get me on the wrong voyage, going in the wrong direction, listening to the wrong things. Staying with the church. Through storms. Amen. Through difficulties. Through challenges. Oh yeah. Come on. Man. 